Hey, TK Show is sponsored by South County Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram, Northern California's number one volume dealer. Check them out at SouthCountyChryslerJeepDodge.net or drive a little and save a lot in friendly Gilroy. Coming to you from the San Jose Mercury News, the Bay Area News Group, it's the TK Show. Now here's your host, Tim Kawakami. Hey everybody, it's Tim Kawakami here on a Thursday morning, which is a little bit off schedule for us, but that's okay because we're flexible. Uh, we have scheduled things that happen and we still do the show, mostly, kind of, try to. Uh, we got a good show for you this morning. We're talking to... Bay Area News Group, 49ers beat writer and friend of mine, Cam Inman, live from 49ers at Levi Stadium. Cam, how you doing? Uh, Tim, <laughs> I'm just delightful this morning as the 49ers take a 1-5 and record and a 5-game losing streak back home Sunday against the Tampa Bay You Buccaneers. can feel the excitement, the scintillating <laughs> amount of energy. Well, let's just jump right into it. The national story, the 49ers story, Colin Kaepernick getting a second start. Were you at all yeah. surprised that he is getting a second start? And what do you expect to see from him against Tampa Bay? Yeah, not surprised at all that he's getting a second start because I thought he did do enough uh, intriguing and positive things in Buffalo, at least through the first half, where you say, yeah, we got to see more of this guy, uh, especially on, on a home game against a beatable opponent in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to really see if uh, the offense can turn around with him at the control drive and Blaine Gabbert because – you know, for two months we've heard a lot about Colin. Actually, geez, since going back to April, there's been all this speculation on what he could do with Chip Kelly's offense, and now we finally have a chance to see it. And the Buffalo game was such a uh, disaster on a defensive front. Where I don't, I don't care if you have Joe Montana or Steve Young back there. I don't think they're they're rallying that team in the second half to make up for the hole the defense put them in. So, and not to say that Colin. Uh, played well. He 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 definitely needs to play better than he did because there were some overthrown balls or some really poorly underthrown passes. But there was one or two where he said, "Oh, I don't think I've seen that from him in a couple of years." Especially when he would slide in the pocket to avoid pressure, and he'd maybe stay in there that one second longer and actually look for an open receiver downfield, which is something that everybody expected to see out of Colin last year. After all the tutoring he did with <laughs> Kurt Warner, uh, another quarterback's coach, that's what he was supposed to show last year. So he showed a glimpse of it in Buffalo where uh, I was fully expecting Chip Kelly to say after the game, oh, yeah, Collins our starter. He waited a day to do so, uh, but I don't think there was really any mystery to it. One thing, I mean, and we can't really get a feel for watching on TV. How was that win? I mean, people talk about uh, that it's windy in Buffalo. Look, the ball was blowing was, off the kicking team. Was it, was it enough to affect the quarterback? <laughs> I mean, it was so windy that the, the goalpost got crooked a couple times yep. where they had to have a guy come and straighten out the crossbars, and, and they actually didn't do it enough times. Where Phil, Phil, uh, Phil Dawson hit one or two of them with the field goals crooked. So <laughs> it was blowing, and I would think that that could be a reason, but I think one of those passes uh, was was with the wind and it was underthrown. So Colin didn't make any excuses after the game regarding the wind. So that's I, I think that's a credit to him because – he could have taken a lot of uh, excuses if he wanted to, but he understands that he needs to play better and was rusty and, and was a little too amped up on that first series because they had Torrey Smith one-on-one for a 40-yard touchdown. And 
uh, overthrew you know the fastest guy on the 49ers, which was not a good sign. You think this is a week to week thing? Is there? I mean, what what do they do if he's terrible? Uh, you know, no. how, how what what do they do with the quarterbacks from here on now? No, I, it can't be a week to week thing. I don't think Chip's the kind of guy that's going to flip flop. You know, he he has changed quarterbacks uh, in the past when he was with the with the Eagles, but it was always a I'm moving from one guy to the next because of injuries. And Collins not hurt, Blaine Gabbert's not hurt, the offense is hurt. So I think they've seen enough out of Blaine for five games where, okay, now let's see what Colin can do for a few games. And I, I would think, unless Colin is a disaster over the next three games, that Blaine doesn't get his job back. And right now, I just don't see either one of those guys being the quarterback next year. That's really the, the point of this season now is, who's going to be on this team next year. And right now, I don't think either one of these quarterbacks is going to be. And obviously, I don't think Christian Ponder is going to be either because he's not really even in the mix at all. I can say Chip did start to mention a little blurry about whether Gabbert's for sure the number two and Ponder's going to get some practice reps. Is Ponder in this equation in the short term no. at all? No. But he's no, practicing not. so great, though, Cam. That's what I. That's what we're hearing. No, let's, let's see that. But he's not. He's only <laughs> practicing on the scout team. So any talk of like whether Ponder should be elevated, people got to get a reality check and understand, look, he came in in mid-August to a team to fill in for Thad Lewis, who tore his ACL. And he's a very good guy and a, a competent quarterback. Uh, he, he showed signs of life, but he showed that in, a, in the fourth exhibition game, which is not where you want to stake your future at quarterback and you know he is a guy that is a decent backup to have on the bench which yes say maybe both of these quarterbacks stink or get hurt in week 13 then you have a guy that can finish up the season for you but he is not he's not the answer at all all right we'll be right back after this word from our sponsor it's Ram Power Days at the South County Ram Superstore in Gilroy. We've got the largest selection of power trucks in all of California. Commercial trucks, work trucks, race trucks, the largest selection ever. Check out the new Ram 1500 for only $22,999. Ram 1500 HFE 4-door diesel, only $29,888 after discounts and rebates. Ram 1500 Crew Cab 4x4, $12,000 off MSRP. We've got Ram Power at South County Ram in Gilroy. Drive a little, save a lot. How do you think Chip Kelly has put an imprint on the season, or do you think he's done it at all? I think right now he's really just feeling things out, and I think it's he's just trying to figure out what do I have to work with here. And right now there's not much to work with, so I think he's almost a little bit hamstrung, and he doesn't want to unleash uh, all of his playbook and all of how he really wants to run an offense because he doesn't have the personnel for it. And I you know, every loss, you think, wow, this is not going right. This is not going right. I just, I, I feel there's a, a stronger sense of credibility and optimism with Chip than there was last year with Jim Tomsula. And I yep. think Chip really understands offense, X and O's. I think he's relates very well to the players, a lot better than anybody expected with him coming in after his disaster in Philly. And I think this is what he wants to thrive and succeed in the NFL rather than retreat back to college because. I think he likes this competition aspect. It's more of a challenge to him than going back to the college game. And he's just, it's going to take a while. And it's going to take until this point next year where we really see if Chip Kelly has an imprint on the team. The one thing that I've noticed, and 
I've seen some critics of Kelly bring up is that now the offense gets the line of scrimmage and stops and turns and looks to the side, the entire offense, all 11, and turns and look to the side. Well, I asked Kelly about that. I think he did it last week or whenever it started. was it was before the Buffalo yeah. game. Has he kind of elaborated on that? Or the, the players elaborate? It's, it looks awfully college to me, not NFL. It's, it's absolutely different. I mean, this is, but this is something that they practice since the spring. You know, we've, we've talked to them back in spring in the off-season program about this, and Joe Staley even quipped about it going, yeah, it is different because you're not huddling. Instead, you're, you're getting into your position, you're glancing at the sideline, getting your play and going. And that's intended to go fast. Um, if, if they're not sending in the signals right away, they're trying to read what the defense is doing mm-hmm. and, and react to the defense rather than be proactive, which to me is kind of the head scratcher of, hey, if you, you want to run this offense, get moving, then, then let's go. And, and they did that a couple series in Buffalo where they made one or two big plays and they were going, hurry up. And I'm saying, this is, this is what you need to see out of the Chip Kelly offense. You know, it's not working to perfection by any means, but it's it's a big step up from where they were last year. And it's just you can see that there's there's more of a scoring potential, even on an offense that lacks playmakers. It's it's a galling lack of playmakers available so far. Nobody's stepping up, and guys are getting lots of opportunities to do so. Yeah, and they're doing so behind an offensive line, which a lot of people will still say there's it's not very good. But I think. This offensive line looks great compared to last year. Yeah. Looks talent. Looks, looks certainly more talented, I would think. Yeah, and I think they're just more cohesive, and they, they, they seem to have each other's backs better, and the quarterbacks trust them. I think there was a lot of trust issues last year where I think Kaepernick lost trust in them. They lost trust in what Colin was going to be doing because Colin just didn't look comfortable in the pocket. or get scared, and I think he trusted. It looked like he trusted them a lot more in Buffalo, and they were doing their jobs better. And it was just more of a cohesive unit. And they did so with Joshua Garnett making his first start at right guard. And that's, you know, that, that line is probably, I would think, is what they're going to go with for a, the, the, you know, the foreseeable future. Unless, unless they think Zane Beatles is not working at left guard, then you shift Garnett over and put Tiller back in. But we reached that point of the podcast where we're talking about guards and people are going <laughs> well, to turn it off. Yeah, let's go to the defensive side then. Yeah, you know, that's not Chip Kelly's side of the ball, but he's the head coach. Jim O'Neill, defensive coordinator, they are getting destroyed on the on the ground, and yet yeah. they've got some players there. I mean, and I I'm not the greatest, uh, most Mister Positive about this roster, but they do okay. have some young talent there that they that, that Trent Baalke's drafted. Why are they so bad? Well, I I think going back in the spring, and you can look at this team and the roster and. and you know, Jim O'Neill was the, the guy that they picked to be defensive coordinator after Mike Vrabel turned him down. And you just sense that, all right, if things go askew this year, Jim O'Neill is going to be, he's going to be a scapegoat for it. And right now they've gone so bad. You just wonder, what is it, is it really all of his fault? Is that why he can't be doing anything with whatever defensive talent they have? And it's, there's so much a coach can do. A lot of these players, they are just missing tackle after tackle and they seem to be going to the right spot. And then they just abandon their technique and they abandon their assignment. And, you know, I think going into that Buffalo game, I talked to a couple of guys about this in the locker room this week of how did they just look so terrible in the run defense in Buffalo? And one of them said to me was that scheme that Buffalo runs is so unique because they've got the wildcat going 
uh, where Shady McCloy is taking direct snaps. He's he's taking an option pitch and scoring a touchdown. That's something that the Niners haven't faced. And, uh, you know, maybe they can dismiss Echelon. Okay, that was a one-time shot. But at the same time, they were prepared for it. Buffalo's been running it all year. So you wonder, well, did, did they not coach the players upright to understand what was coming? And it, it is a very bad defense right now. It's very easy to harp on the inside linebackers because they're not Bowman and Willis because the standard was set so high. But then they have, they've stockpiled a lot of the defensive front and the secondary. And, and those guys all need to play better because the defense just, it's really dragged the whole team down. Well, let's get to the general manager then. Uh, we, we talked about what Chip Kelly's it's going to take some time to figure out for him to figure out what he can do with this team. Is he going to be doing this with Trent Baalke? Is Trent Baalke going to remain as general manager? You think is, is he, is it somebody that Jed York's still evaluating? Where's the general manager in all this right now? I, I think it's, you know, as, as a former coach used to say here, it's, it's, it's almost low-hanging fruit to, you know, say it's all Trent's fault, and it's, and it's a simplest solution to change him out. It's going to take more than that because I, I think Jed really has a stronger relationship with Trent and trusts Trent more, and he entrusts him with this franchise mm-hmm. where he, he liked Jim Tomsula a lot, but I think he had his reservations about Jim Tomsula. I, I really believe that he's going to stick with Trent for at least another year, and I'll tell you why. I, I think, one, yes, you can make a very strong case that he deserves to go because a lot of these draft picks have, have failed to produce. He was cavalier in picking injured guys, taking uh, flyers on some guys, and, and he was negligent in not drafting quarterbacks, wide receivers, inside linebackers, pass rushers. Right? <laughs> just those. those. The, just those. <laughs> and, and I think negligent is the word that I've been using, mm-hmm. and it's a strong word because it's, it's glaringly obvious they lack depth at that position. But he's been focused on building it his way, right? So he's taken those defensive backs and defensive linemen, uh, an offensive lineman here or there, and then he's got to come back and address those spots somehow. So I, here's how I think it's going to go, Tim. And if this is this is me getting inside Jed's head, which is a dangerous thing <laughs> to do. But okay, you have questions about Chip Kelly, right? Everybody does. You're, you've got a five-game losing streak right now. So you don't know if Chip Kelly is your answer at coach, okay? Well, you're not going to fire him after a year, but maybe you fire him after two years, okay? So if you're going to fire him and bring in a better head coach, somebody that really needs to put this franchise back in credibility, you need to get a, an A-lister, and that A-lister is going to want to have personnel control. So that way you can, like, swap out Balky and Chip for that A-lister that you want, okay? Now, I don't know if the Niners are going to be able to pull that, that kind of scenario off, but that's something that I've been running through my head of, Chip and Trent seem to get along pretty darn well. And they both seem like they have similar personalities in that they are football-oriented guys. Trent wants to be the scout and find players, and he's letting Chip handle the coaching. And Chip right now, as opposed to a year ago, is focused on coaching rather than dipping into the personnel aspect. Now, come April, when the draft is around, I would think Jed York, if these two are still together, he's going to want Chip to find the quarterback he wants and needs and really let that decision lay with Chip, just as it did with Jim Harbaugh back in 2011. Who's going to be that quarterback then? Uh, let's pick somebody from the college ranks. Let's pick a uh, backup on a team right now, maybe a Jimmy Garoppolo. There you go. Maybe it's a... Uh, but Garoppolo might cost you may- that first-round pick. That's a problem. 
there's no way that they could give up that first round pick for him because that first round pick is going to be a top three or top three pick right now. Yep. So you are not giving that up. I, I would think that they will try to sell the Patriots on a two, uh, a two or a combination platter somehow. Balky's pretty good at swinging those draft day trades. <laughs> so Trader Trent, Trader Trent, Trader Trent. So I, but at the same time, I have a hard time selling to my fan base. We're, we're grabbing somebody else's backup and out of a, a franchise where a lot of other teams have tried to do that and it hasn't succeeded. Uh, Chip obviously knows Belichick really well, so I think that's that's another aspect to it. But besides Garoppolo, I think you look in the college ranks. Is there a guy that's going to really shine here in these coming two weeks? And that's that's why you're kind of at a critical point with the Trent Baalke decision because if you are going to make that GM change, Tim, then you probably need to do it now before the college season really gets into the thick of it with a lot of the pressure going where you can evaluate how these guys do in the bowl games, how they do at the combine, how they do in pro workouts, right? Because you're not going to fire him after all that's done because you need the guy in place to analyze that. So if they're going to make a move to get rid of Trent, it's going to be sooner than later. And I just don't know if, if Jed's willing to pull such a trigger after already making repeated coaching uh, firings in the last two years. Yeah, I can see all that, and I can see Jed wanting to do that. I, I just the, the the sale down the road then is you've just kind of wasted two years if you're not sure about it, the whole thing. And then oh, by the way, we're just restarting, get a general manager and a coach in two years. And by the way, that's the first five years of Levi staying that we just burned to the ground. That would be an interesting interval there. But I, I completely agree that that's probably what Jed hopes to happen, but we know that Jed hopes a lot of things that maybe don't come true. Hey, uh, we're running out of time. I don't want to keep you too long. I, I got to ask you, so I think I screwed this up and I didn't ask you last time. Cam Inman, what is your favorite restaurant? My favorite restaurant? I'm going to, I'm going to stay in my hometown of Pleasanton and I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a tour of Pleasanton real quick. <laughs> I, of course. I, if I had one, if I had one spot in Pleasanton to go to eat, I'm going to go to Strizzy's on the corner of Maine and St. John's, which is about a block away from our Pleasanton Bureau office, by the way, that I started that 20-something years ago. Uh, really good food. Uh, very, it's seafood, also pasta, fish, uh, chicken, all sorts of good stuff. But if you also want a good place just to kind of bounce around to have like some patio experience for like some salads or burgers and beers, the Hopyard Ale House and Grill, uh, McKay's Tap House, and then uh, the Handles is another spot. Those, those are three good places. There's also the Oasis downtown. Somebody was just asking me for places this morning on where to go, and I said uh, the Oasis and Bill's Cafe. So, see, I'm all over the map, but I'm Pleasanton-oriented. If it was one, though, I'd say it's Strizzy. You are king of P-Town. We know this. Uh, and, and I might have experienced a little bit of that w- once or twice. So, all right, Cam, yep. I appreciate it. There's so much to talk about with this team. We, 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 we've just skipped over some some of the big ones, but we, we, we hit we hit the bulky Kaepernick Jed, who the hell was going to be their next quarterback. So I'm glad we did that. Thanks, as always, Cam, for coming on. All right. Thanks, Sam. Appreciate it. All right. Everybody, it's Cam Inman, Bay Area News Group, 49ers beat rider in. Man, walking around the, the Levi Stadium suites right now. Quiet Levi suites, and they might be even quiet on Sunday with the game. We'll see. All right, everybody, that's the show for now. We'll have another one later today. Thanks.
Chevys at the South County Ram Superstore in Gilroy. We've got the largest selection of power trucks in all of California. Commercial trucks, work trucks, race trucks, the largest selection ever. Check out the new Ram 1500 for only $22,999. Ram 1500 HFE 4-door diesel, only $29,888 after discounts and rebates. Ram 1500 Crew Cab 4x4, $12,000 off MSRP. We've got Ram Power at South County Ram in Gilroy. Drive a little, save a lot.